right, thank you for that. Certainly appreciate that song. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 2 Kings chapter number 4. 2 Kings chapter number 4. I was looking over some poems, and I thought, oh, I'll bring a poem for Mother's Day and, uh, and read this. And I came across this poem that I, I thought, well, that was a nice poem, and I figure I'll read it. It's just entitled Mother, and it says, A mother loves right from the start no matter if her children are near or far apart. A mother gives never-ending love. She gives us comfort and peace like a beautiful dove. For us, she will always do her best, even when we put her patience to the test. She wipes our tears, chases away our fears, encourages us to follow a dream, no matter how far-fetched it may seem. Her gifts can never compare to any other, I am so honored to call her my mother. Looking back on another year, I was so lucky to have a mother so dear. So I thought that was just a nice poem for Mother's Day. And, and certainly words can't really express uh, what a mom is and what a mother does and, and how, how much that a, a mother means many times to people and and, uh, and so we certainly appreciate the mothers. I hope you have a, a wonderful Mother's Day. We're glad you're here. Second Kings chapter number four, and uh, hopefully you're there. Second Kings chapter four. I want to preach this morning on, uh, I've entitled the message, The Mother's Load, or in other words, a burden or bearing that, that, that she, she is carrying. And, and it, I did a word play. Uh, it's pretty bad if I have to tell you I did a word play, but maybe you didn't get it. But uh, on the mother load, and uh, the mother load is, uh, it's become a phrase used to indicate the greatest amount of riches. Uh, and it actually comes from the days of gold mining. I thought, where does that come from? So I looked it up, and it comes from the gold mining days when, uh, when you, they were mining. Occasionally, you would find a little bit of gold here or there. But when you hit a main vein, in other words, where there was large portions of gold, that was actually entitled the mother load, L-O-D-E. Uh, and so it was a very uh, great amount of gold. And so I entitled my message the mother's load, L-O-A-D, because uh, there's certainly a lot that a mother bears. And in the story that we're looking at this morning, uh, the mother in this story is certainly bearing a lot in, in, on her shoulders. And, uh, and mar mothers frequently carry a very heavy load. One of the things in Peru that I never got used to seeing uh, was, was seeing women uh, with, I am telling you, a blanket. Uh, and they would load it down. I don't even know what they would have in those things. And they would be carrying this bundle bigger than a backpack on their backs. And, uh, and, and it was very, very common to see the guy be walking out in front, totally empty-handed, nothing on his back, and the woman would be walking behind him, no joke, with this huge bundle on her back, sometimes leaned forward so that the weight would be on her back a little more than, than trying to pull her over backwards, and walking behind him. I promise, that was a regular sight. And, uh, and it never did set well with me, and I thought, I thought, man, that's... That's kind of crazy, but that's the way it is, and, uh, and that's, that's the truth. You can go there um, and see it even today. That still goes on, uh, not in the city, out in the, uh, out in the mountains where things, life is a little more traditional Peruvian, 
and, uh, and that's just a common sight. And as a, in thinking about that and thinking about the text, uh, I thought of the fact that mothers often carry a very great burden on their backs. As men, I don't know, maybe I'm not as, as empathetic or uh, sympathetic or emotional, um, I, I tend to let things slide off, and I tend to just let things go, and, uh, and things don't bother me as much. But that's not true for women. God made women different. And so, uh, by the way, I have to say this today, uh, that men and women are different. Um, in case you haven't figured that out, uh, it's just beyond me. But that's, that's another message for another day. We won't go there today. Uh, but, but there is definitely a difference and God designed us different. He did not intend uh, for, for there to be a mixing of, of that. He specifically created females and he specifically created males and were very different. And, uh, and that's the way God designed it. And in our text here in 2 Corinthians or 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse number 1, the Bible says. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And let's stop right there and, uh, and let's pray before we get into the message this morning. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, that we can always go to you no matter uh, what time or, or what, wherever we're at. Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity to always have accessibility to your throne. And Father, to, to come to you with any burden or with any concern or with any problem, Father, that we have in our life. And God, what a wonder, what a comfort to know that you're always there, you're always listening. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me this morning. I pray, Father, that you would touch each and every heart as only you can. And God, I pray that you would bless and comfort and, uh, and strengthen each and every person that's here. And God, I pray that you'd bless the mothers in a special, day, special way today on this Mother's Day that we recognize um, what a gift and what a, a blessing, Father, to be a mother. And God, I pray that you'd bless them. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As we look at our text here, uh, we start off, the opening verse is loaded with information. And as we read it, we, we say, man, that is a tough uh, verse in reality. Uh, and I want you to notice that this woman was really never named. We don't ever, we won't know who she is. Matter of fact, this is a very uh, limited passage. There's not a whole lot written throughout the scripture about this lady. Uh, but we do find here in verse number one, I want you to notice her concern. And as I was thinking about these, uh, this verse and I was thinking about this, uh, look at what she starts off with. She says in, in the first verse, kind of in the middle there, she says, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And I want you to notice uh, that her family lost. Uh, she had lost her husband. Anyone who has gone through or ha who has lost a spouse, it is never an easy thing to go through. And we don't know how long uh, her spouse had been gone. I don't know if it would had just happened last week or if it happened uh, five years ago. We don't have a lot of details, but I, I can assure you of this. It was a great loss to her. Uh, and she was, uh, she was struggling with that. That was one of the first things that she mentioned was, hey, uh, my husband 
husband's dead. Uh, he's gone. And, uh, and, and now she is on her own. Uh, and and she, she had some serious loss there. Uh, and she did have a couple of boys, and maybe she was looking to the day that, hey, they could grow up and they could kind of take care of her. Uh, but we don't know how old her children are. We don't know much about it. All we know is that she had lost her husband, and it was a family loss. I want you to notice um, not only her family loss, I want you to notice her frugality. Look at with me in verse number 2 there. Well, verse 1, it says, uh, right in the middle, she says, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. In other words, what had happened is uh, she, her husband had passed away. And I don't know how the debt came about. The Bible does not give us any clue or any idea, but we know this. Number one, she had lost her husband, her family lost. Number two, her frugality in that she, had, uh, she was down to nothing. Uh, the creditors were coming for her sons. In other words, in Bible times, uh, you didn't just file uh, bankruptcy when you ran out of money. Um, you know what they did, they would come for you and they would take your children and they would put them to work uh, to be able to pay off the debt that you owed. There was no such thing as bankruptcy. Nobody carried your debt forward. And so here she was, she was in a serious bind with a serious problem and we're looking about the concern that she had. And, uh, and she was carrying all this load day in and day out. And she was providing for her house and, and trying to do the best that she could without a husband. And, and, uh, and with just her two boys, apparently we, she might add more than that. Look with me at verse number 2 and we can see a little bit more of her situation. And it says, uh, And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. She had gotten down to absolutely nothing left. She'd come to the end, and, and we're talking about her, uh, her concern, of course, her family loss and her frugality. That She had gone as long as she could on as little as she had, and she made it stretch, and, and man, she did the best she could with what she had. And man, I tell you what, women are gifted in that direction. They just are. I mean, I, I've seen uh, some women, and you think, man, they don't have anything, and, and yet they whip up this, this wonderful meal, and you're like, where on earth did that come from? And, uh, and they're gifted, and, and I, I think, man, she was gifted. She probably took everything she had, but at the end of the day, uh, when it came down to the line, uh, she was just out. She had nothing left. And, uh, and she had done everything she could, and, and she was grieved, and, uh, and she was troubled, and she was concerned with the fact that she had absolutely nothing, no way to provide for her children, and now she was fearful because of the creditors that were going to come. We find not only her concern of her family loss, her frugality, but also uh, her fear of her future. Because she said there uh, in verse number one, she said at the very end, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. In other words, she was looking at the future and she's thinking, man, it doesn't look good. And, and I've got nothing. 
and, and there's nothing to take out of my house of value. There's nothing that they can take to make up for this. The only thing that's left are my only two sons, and they're going to come and take them, and they're going to uh, either put them in jail or, or make them work so that they can pay off the debts that are left. And we're looking at this lady's life, and we're saying, man, she has got a, uh, a very difficult situation. And I could imagine in verse 1 uh, that, that she had been fatigued with all of this. I mean, this was the, lo this was the load that she was carrying. Listen, there's mothers uh, that carry a lot of load in their life. Hey, they come and, and man, they've got lots of uh, troubles and they've got lots of difficulties and they've got lots of things that they're bearing. And this lady, uh, her concern was all laid out there in verse 1 and 2. And we can see that she had a very heavy load that she was carrying. She had a great burden that she was bearing. She had a lot of concern on her heart. She had a lot of things that she was worried about in her life. But I want you to notice also not only her concerns, but I want you to notice her comfort. And praise the Lord for comfort. You look there in verse number 1, the Bible says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the, uh, of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. You know what? You look at this verse, and, uh, and, and you can even see uh, that, that she, she turned to Elisha. I want you to notice as well, not only that, but I want you to notice her history. She said there in the middle of the verse, uh, that her servant, that my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Sometimes we tend to think, well, I'm a Christian, so all things should go smoothly all the time. Can I tell you something? That's not true. You just, you want to know a good example? Look up the book of Job. You'll find a godly man who lived right, who eschewed evil. In other words, he hated evil. He did right, and yet there was some very rough and very difficult days in his life. And the idea that uh, of prosperity, this, this Christianity and prosperity go hand in hand, is simply not true. It's not Bible. It's something that we like to think. It's something that we like to entertain. But the fact of the matter is, here is a godly lady that we could assume she was godly. She was married to a man that was a prophet who feared God, and we can assume that he was living a righteous life. And they had uh, a very good life as far as righteousness is concerned. But they did have a very difficult life as far as hardship in life. Listen, uh, sometimes I think uh, that we try to get out of hardships thinking, man, I just want the easy road. Can I tell you something? There's far more blessings sometimes in hardships than there are in those easy roads. This lady was walking down a very difficult road in her life and, and she was certainly uh, somebody I believe that was a, a righteous lady and somebody who was doing right and doing her best. And I want you to notice that, uh, that in her history you can see that she was probably a very good person, a very godly person. And her comfort was because she turned to God. Listen, sometimes as Christians... When things don't go our way, we tend, we as Christians, we tend to get upset with God. And we say, man, I'm done. I'm tired of this. And we tend to, to walk away. Listen, this lady in the, in the uh, difficulty of her situation, she didn't get upset at God. You know what? She knew 
hey, God is my source of comfort. God is the place that I can turn to in my life. And she went to Elisha and she cried out, listen, we need to turn to God in every difficulty, in every hardship. Here's a couple of verses that I wrote down uh, that, that I think are, are very helpful and timely in, in such a situation as this. Psalm 18 and verse number 2, the Lord, uh, the Bible says in Psalm 18 too, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower listen God can be your rock God can be your shelter God can be your shield God can be your fortress God can be your deliverer and your strength if you'll turn to him hey he was this lady's she turned to the Lord and she went straight to Elisha the man of God the prophet of God and she was concerned about it not only that but in, in Isaiah 41 and verse number 10 turn over there save your spot in, in 2 Kings as we'll be back there but in Isaiah 41 and verse 10 it might be a common verse I, I've, you see it on, on plaques and, and on walls sometimes hanging up and let's look at it in the Bible because it's such a good verse, and it is a comfort to us in times of trouble, and it's a comfort to us in times of hardship. Isaiah 41 and verse number 10, the Bible says, Fear thou not. Isaiah 41, 10. Oh, wait, because I hear pages turning. I like to hear the sounds of paging, pages turning. Isaiah 41 and verse number 10. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. What a blessing that we have a God. Listen, I, I, I underline that, that verse in my Bible. Matter of fact, I even draw a little... Uh, musical note to it because there's a song I'm not going to sing it for you this morning uh, but but that verse is set to music and, and I know the tune and man I think of it and I, I'll sing it and, and it's a blessing to me listen you can write that verse down you can tuck it away you can put it on a little note card and carry it around in your pocket and whenever you run into trouble and whenever you run into difficulty and whenever the load that you're carrying becomes too heavy to continue carrying you can pull that verse out and you can remember that God said fear the Thou not, for I am with thee. What a blessing. Hey, this lady in 1 Kings, as we look at this story, she certainly, uh, it seems like she was alone, but I tell you what, she really wasn't because she had God on her side. She was walking with God. And she turned straight to God to get the help and get the comfort that she needed. We can see her concern that she was certainly burdened down with a, a life that was very difficult and, and circumstances that were heavy, but her comfort was found in God. She turned to God. Not only can we see her comfort, but I want you to notice in verses uh, verse 3 and down, we find her conformity. Look with me at verse 3. Let's go back up to 2 for story's sake. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what thou hast in thine house. 
And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And he said, Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. First part of verse 5, So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. You know what he said there in in verse 3? We find her conformity. The man of God, Elisha, gave her instruction. And I'm assuming, I'm drawing a conclusion that, hey, God had given Elisha, listen, this is what you're going to do. And, and so she, she told uh, that, that lady, she said, listen, I want you to go borrow all the vessels. Now, isn't it ironic that she would be in debt? And now the man of God say, hey, go borrow a bunch of vessels. She's thinking, man, I'm going to pay those back. I'm already in trouble. And, uh, and so she goes to all her neighbors, and, and I, I could just picture her knocking on the doors, hey, do you have any, uh, any clay pots that I can borrow? Do you have any uh, clay uh, cups that I can borrow? And she's borrowing everything that she can, and, and she went to all of her neighbors, and I imagine her sons would help, and, and they would go out, and they'd get all that they could, and they would take that back into their house. I want you to notice, as we read these, she did not know the plan. All she knew was that, hey, the man of God said, go borrow a bunch of stuff and come back and pour the oil into that. Now, she probably was a, a pretty uh, smart lady, and she could have looked at that vessel and said, man, why am I borrowing more vessels? I mean, it already fits in the vessel that it's in. I mean, doesn't it make sense? Why would I need more than that? But yet it was an act of faith that God and the man of God would ask her and say, listen, go find a bunch of vessels. Look at what it says there in, in, our, in our text in verse number 3. At the very end of the verse it says, borrow not a few. He was saying, listen, don't just go get a few vessels. I want you to borrow every vessel that you can get your hands on. I want you to find every pot that you can find, every clay cup and every empty vessel that you can. And so in an act of faith, she went out and she started pounding on doors and saying, Hey, can I borrow, a, a, do you have any empty uh, potting uh, or, or pots or pottery that we can use? And, and uh, I need anything that can hold liquid. And, and so, man, they went out and they did that. It was an act of faith on her part. Listen, the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want to encourage you in your faith this morning. Hey, have faith in God. Sometimes, sometimes God will ask you to do things that really don't make sense. Sometimes uh, you'll look at things and you'll say, man, I don't really understand. But if you know it's God that is saying, hey, you need to do this thing. Hey, you need to obey God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This lady didn't know what was going on. Uh, she didn't really understand all of it, but she just knew, hey, uh, the man of God asked me to do this, and, and, uh, and so I'm going to go do this. And she went out, and she borrowed, and, and she was willing to conform and say, hey, I'm going to do uh, whatever God wants me to do with her life. And she was willing to be used of God in any way. We find here in verse number 
5, while she went out. Verse number 6. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. That's the end of the story. That's all that's written in the Bible. We don't have any other information on this. But what an amazing story. We see her concern. We see her uh, comfort. We see her conformity as she went and did what God had asked her to do. But I want you to notice in verse number 7 as we get to the end of the story there, I want you to notice who her caretaker was. Listen, some people would say, well, she went to the man of God. You know what? Elisha didn't give her anything. Not, not one single solitary thing went from Elisha's hand to her. There was no way that Elisha had enough to support her and take care of her debt. Uh, in the school of the prophets that were there, they didn't run around and take up a collection and say, hey, what are we going to do? We've got the widow woman. And I'm not saying that would have been wrong. Sometimes God does use people. There's nothing wrong with that. But I am saying this, in this particular case, in this particular instance, God chose to use another method and God chose to do it another way and not to just say, hey, let's just give this lady of what we have and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just not the way God did it in this case. And so we find here in this story that her caretaker was not the, the God's prophet and it was not God's people, the, the school of the prophets there. But oddly enough, isn't it funny and isn't it ironic that God used a widow woman to take care of Elijah. Not Elisha, Elijah. Isn't that odd? Who also was in dire straits and also did not have any food and God provided miraculously through him, uh, through her rather, and, and she was able to take care of the man of God. And we find here in this passage that uh, there was really nothing that he could do for her physically. There was nothing that he could give to her. There was nothing that he could take care of this situation, but he just gave her the, uh, the, the words that God had for him. And, and listen, I want you to notice in verse number four, I love this. I want you to notice, we see God's provider, the caretaker, but I want you to notice God's quiet attention. You know, we read about miracles in the Bible. And I love to read about, I'll be the first to admit, man, I love to read about the miracles of God in the Bible. I love the big miraculous stuff that takes place. And uh, man, I, I wish they had the Bible on DVD. I'd run out and buy it. They, I, could you imagine seeing the, the Red Sea being parted? I, that is probably one of my most favorite Old Testament miracles and probably one of the largest as far as scale of visibility. That God opened up that Red Sea and the nation of Israel crossed over. How about the miracles that Jesus did? How he raised the dead and how he cleansed the leper and how he made the blind to see and how he made the hear and he made the lame to walk those were things that people saw and visualized and they were incredible and they were they were great working workings of God how about when Jesus was on the boat and he calmed the sea and it was a miracle that took place and I'm just saying that many times God works in a very marvelous display of something that takes place but I also want you to notice hey there are times when God works on a more personal quiet intimate level Nobody else knows. 
We're given a window into this widow woman's life that nobody else saw. I want you to notice in verse number four that God, God, or the Elisha said, hey, I want you to go in to your house and I want you to close the doors. You know what he was saying? I want you to keep all your nosy neighbors out. That's what he was saying. You remember when Daniel went to his house after they made the edict and they said, you shall not pray to any other God. You can only ask something of the king. And, and you know what Daniel did? He went straight to his house and the Bible says he opened all his windows. He didn't shut them. He wanted his neighbors to see, hey, I'm going to pray to God and I'm going to obey God over man any time of the day and any time of the week and I'm going to continue doing that. But in this case, we find that, hey, God said, shut your doors. This is a private, this is a personal miracle where God is going to work in her life and it's between her and her family and nobody else's business. Listen, I love the great miracles but there's nothing like a very personal miracle of God taking care of you and your life. And you may know it, but listen, even your expressing it to other people wouldn't do it justice about how God has touched your heart and take care of a situation in your life. And we find God's quiet attention as God personally dealt with this widow woman. And I want you to notice as well that God's attention was turned to her. And man, to know that the God of the universe, the God that created everything that is, would pay attention to somebody like me. That's how she felt that day. That it wasn't something that Elisha did. It was God working in her life. And we find a very personal quiet attention that God gave to this widow woman. And man, what a blessing to know that God will take care of you. I want you to notice as well in this passage, Elisha had told her, borrow not a few. I want you to know that if she had gone through all of Israel and had, could have gathered all of the uh, empty vessels and she could have borrowed every vessel throughout the world, I want you to know that that oil would not have run dry because God is always bigger than the amount of faith that we have. You can't exhaust God. You, you think about the fact that she took that little vessel of oil and we don't know how much it was and she started pouring it into that vessel and that one was full and she told her boys bring me another one and I imagine they got a little assembly line and one boy would bring the empty one the other boy would take the full ones away and she would just stand there pouring and pouring and saying how in the world is this keep coming out and how in the world are we filling all these vessels and it got to the point that hey they even ran out and she said hey bring me another and the boy said there's no more. And she that day and her boys knew that God would take care of them. What an amazing miracle. It wasn't on display for the world to see. It wasn't on display for the neighbors to see. This was something that God did for this widow woman and for her children so that they would know, hey, God loves me. God takes care of me. And God is my caretaker. 
Listen, I want to encourage your faith this morning. This oil will never run dry. God's provision will far outlast any of our faith. And I was reading verses. I was just looking up verses on faith. And as I was doing so, uh, you can jot these down. Uh, well, you can turn with me real quick. We, we've just got two verses. Matthew chapter number 17. Matthew chapter number 17 and verse number 20. Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 20. In this passage, Jesus is, is talking and he says there in Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 20, and Jesus said unto them, because, he's talking to his disciples, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Uh, they were talking about a, 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 the disciples were not able to cast out the, a, a demon out of a, a demon-possessed person. And, and they come to Jesus and they said, why could we not cast him out? And he said, listen, it's not God who is lacking. It's your faith. Listen, that's true today. It's not, God was not lacking in the Old Testament in this lady's life. God was not lacking in the disciples' life. It wasn't the lack of God's power. It wasn't the lack of God's ability. It wasn't God's lacking. It was man's lacking. And we find time and time again that all of our failures, our failures, not God's failures. Because he's faithful. And he's powerful. And he's able to do, uh, the Bible says, even above what we are able to ask or think. Uh, turn with me to Mark chapter number 20, chapter number 9. Mark 9. Mark chapter number 9 and verse 23. The Bible says this. 9.23, Mark 9.23, the Bible says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Turn with me just one page over, uh, or maybe two, Mark 11 and verse 22. Chapter 11 and verse 22. The Bible says this, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith. In God. That's what I want you to do this morning. Have faith in God. This is a small sampling. It was just three, three passages that I chose. There was, there was scores of them throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, where Jesus would constantly remind his disciples, have faith in God. Did you notice in Mark uh, chapter 9 and verse 23, it says, if thou believest. The conditional phrase is placed on us. He's saying, listen, if you will believe in me, if you will trust in me, if you have faith as of the grain of the size of a mustard seed, if you believe God, and then he goes on and he encourages us and says, have faith in God. We need to put our faith and trust in God that, listen, when you are carrying a heavy load, when you do have all those concerns in your life, when you're carrying a burden like this lady was carrying in her life, and everything seems like it's falling apart all around you, Listen, you can trust in God because God's faithful. 
he'll take care of you. Oh, I don't know how, and I can't always tell you everything that God's going to do. I can tell you this, that God will never fail you. He's always faithful. I want you to notice the last three things about this lady. Is he said, number one, sell the oil. She wasn't done. Just because she poured out the oil, she had to hit the markets. She had to go sell that stuff. Listen, sometimes we sit around and we say, okay, God, I'm waiting for a miracle. Listen, sometimes there's work involved in those miracles. She had to go borrow the pots. She had to pour out the oil. Then she had to go sell the oil. And God expects us to be involved. God doesn't just sit back and say, hey, you just sit back and, and you sit on the easy street and you watch everything that's going to take place. No, he gave her specific stuff to do and she was to do that. And she carried through on all of that. She did what she was supposed to. And I want you to notice that God had told her, hey, go out and sell the oil. But not only that, I want you to notice too, God said, pay off your debts. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say run and hide in Syria or Egypt. Or somewhere else, he said, pay off your debts. And God provided to take care of the creditors that were coming to take her sons. And said, here you go. Here's enough. But I want you to notice also, he said, and thou and thy sons live off the rest. In other words, I'm not just going to take care of your past mistakes and the past errors and the past debts that you've incurred. But listen, I'm going to take care of you from this point forward and I'm going to provide for you and you're going to, I'm going to take care of you. And God said, hey, I have this if you'll trust in me and you'll put your faith in me. We can see her caretaker was God. By the way, God does a much better job of taking care of us than anyone else can. There's nobody I'd rather have take care of me than God. Maybe you have a heavy load this morning. Maybe you have a mother's concern, a mother's load that she carries. Of all the concerns in your life, and I'm telling you this, you can trust God with them. You can turn them over to God and you can say, God, I do carry a heavy load, but I want to trust you. Help me to trust you. And he will. He will never fail you. He will never let you down. We'll fail him, but he'll never fail us. He took care of this lady, took care of all her debt. She took care, he took care of her in the future and said, hey, you go live off the rest. I will provide and I'll take care of you. And I'll be there for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. This mother's load was quite heavy. I would say it's probably heavier than... Probably 90, probably 95% of the people. And I don't mean to belittle your circumstances by any stretch of the imagination. I'm saying this lady was in dire straits. But God took care of her. Hey, and if God can take care of her in, in that kind of a situation, he can take care of us. And he's willing and he wants to. God, I pray that you'd speak to each and every heart this morning. God, help us to turn over our cares and our concerns to you. As you said in Peter, casting all our cares upon him, for he careth for us. Help us to do that this morning. Help us to cast our cares upon you. God, thank you that we can go to you at any time, any place. 
with any concern. God, that we can trust in you. God, I pray that you would just bless each and every person, strengthen, embolden our faith this morning. Help us to trust in you. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I pray. As we have a hymn of invitation, God spoke into your heart. The altar is open. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, well, I, I don't trust in God. I've never been saved. Listen, you can be saved this morning. You just put your faith and trust in him and say, God, I'm carrying a heavy burden in my life. I need to be saved, and he'll save you. He'll change your life. He'll help you. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you say, man, I've got too much to bear in my life and too many burdens to carry, and I want to be saved this morning, I want to put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can. There's no better day than Mother's Day to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith and trust in him for salvation. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to be a member of the church or be baptized. We encourage you to come and we'll be happy to help you with any of those things. Maybe you'd just like to pray and say, God, help me to trust in you more. Maybe we can't see through the burden to see God. We need to give that thing to God. Trust Him. We'll have one more verse.